Uh, okay. Hello. <laughs> this is Clem Bianchi. I'm a courier, delivering mail in space, one package at a time. If you're hearing this message, I need some help. I'm trying to deliver a package to a guy on Pluto. Says his name is Gorge Flummox. If anyone knows a Gorge Flummox on Pluto, please let him know I've been trying to reach him about his box of Lunarian cheese. I know the box is full of cheese because for the last few weeks, I've started hearing things when I touch my cargo. When I pick up a letter or a package, I hear conversations and sometimes even see things tied to whoever the mail is for or from. I call it the letter opener. It's yanked me into some real situations. A haunted house, a pizza delivery drag race, and even a revolution to take a city back from the bigwigs who keep its hoverboard sports engine humming. You can hear all about it on Additional Postage Required, a bi-weekly audio drama on the Moonshot Podcast Network, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Anyway, if you know Gorge, please tell him to give me a call. I think his cheese is starting to move around in the box. What's up, Riley? Do you want to make a podcast? You know, I do, but what would it be about? Do you like Lord of the Rings? Uh, it's fine. I I also land on the it's fine, maybe slightly more negative than you. So this is going to be a joke more so for our listeners than either of us, which is a great way to, <laughs> to start the show. Am I Perfect. right? Perfect. We're swimming in great waters. <laughs> so Cello Buster makes a post on Tumblr this week. I've read says, that. That is the one good post I've read on tw- on Tumblr since I got yes. on. <laughs> Jello Buster has delivered a banger of Sonic the Hedgehog's sustained speed of 767 miles per hour could have made the journey from the Shire to Mount Doom 1,718.5 miles in just over two hours, but he also famously loves rings, so he most assuredly would have found the thrall of the ring far too powerful to resist. Tails would have had to shoot him. Andrew, do you agree with the statement? That's 100% true. I I've seen people that come after that tweet and they're just like, I don't know about that last part. It seems like you're being edgy just to be edgy. No, Tails would have had to put one in his, it, right between the eyes. Right between the eyes. I was telling Chris Tails, about this. Tails would have had to shoot him. <laughs> all the rings would fly out and go ring, 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 ring. And then Tails would have to wait a second and then shoot one more time. Yes, absolutely. I, I was telling this to Chris. And then Chris said, like, legitimately, the next tweet in that thread, which is, I think Sonic is too good of a person. I don't think he would. I think he could have done it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I Frodo's a good person, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which Cello Buster then immediately says. So, Andrew, I want to sit here with you and try to think, can we think of characters who would not be swayed by <laughs> by the thrall of the ring? <laughs> who could get it to Mount Doom in in proper time to uh, and efficiently? I feel like... So, the the... the Okay, podcast, every week we take a new character, we look at uh, who could make it to Mount Doom and get the ring over. It's an interesting uh-huh. proposition because you have to get someone that both can make the journey and mm-hmm. also would then be able to give up the ring. 
Mm-hmm. This also implies that their friends are with them. They have a gang. How many people are in the fellowship? How no, many? Hold, no, no, no. They have. They don't have a gang. They get one person with them, but it has oh. to be someone that could reasonably make the trip. I guess you're right. Like Sonic only gets Tails. Frodo only gets Sam. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Pajama Sam. Um. Okay. 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 Could Luffy make the trip? Um. Uh, hmm. Could Luffy make the trip? I think that Luffy would be able to fight his way to Mount Doom. Here's what would happen. Uh, Luffy would show up at the um, at the fellowship meeting of the ring. He would not pay attention to anything anyone was saying. Um, he would eat all of the elven food. People would get mad at him. They would attack. At some point in the struggle, Luffy would... Uh, he would he would uh, rocket himself away using his stretching powers, mm-hmm. and it it really depends on which crewmate is with him at that point. <laughs> Who would you think he would pick if he if he was like I need to go on a journey across like over a long period of time? Who would he pick? Is it the first person he sees? Does he have a thought process here? Walk me through it. Walk me through it. Knowing One Piece, he wouldn't pick someone. It would be an accident. Um, <laughs> if if he picks Zoro, they never make it to the mountain. Uh, they end up in the <laughs> land of the elves somehow. I think that uh, he goes with Nami because she's like, ooh, it's a ring. Let's take it. Uh, and then they're able to navigate their way there, but then she won't be able to give it up. And uh, Luffy's like, okay, keep the ring if you want it. I'll just punch the eye guy. That's the thing is that Luffy would lead uh-huh. the charge at the yeah. gate. He would not take something yeah. to the, he would not he take would it to defeat, He would simply defeat Sauron. <laughs> he yeah, would, he would simply defeat Sauron. Exactly. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. 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 Why didn't, uh, why didn't Aragorn simply go gear fifth and take out? <laughs> Fucking Boromir sitting there pumping up, doing the fucking tuning up the band <laughs> to inflate himself and get muscles. I think. <laughs> I think that a big part of the original post is the assumption that um, the real problem with uh, with the the hobbits is that they've got little legs, which means that they had a. Um, you know, their, their speed trip. wasn't good enough, unlike yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog, who could get there in like a day or whatever. Um, I, I think that like you could make a case that like <sighs> Superman could do it. The Flash could do it. But that's because the Flash could not do it. No, 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 no. You don't you think kidding so? Me? A Superman couldn't do it. Like, here's the let me start. Let me start this one to one. First off, I don't think the Flash could do it. I think he could make that distance really quickly. But I think that, like, I don't think that Barry Allen is capable of taking things seriously until he actually needs to. I feel like that is a failure on his part. And I feel like the ring would be like, well, I could, like, solve some crimes really quickly with this. And, like, that's how that would spiral. I, I've read enough DC Comics to know that they would make some bullshit up about the Speed Force that implied uh-huh. that he'd never actually touched the ring and therefore would be immune to the 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 charms of sauron's influence ah but have you read enough dc comics to know that there would probably be a future version of him that did succumb to the ring's power that runs back in time to try to steal the ring that he has so they would have two rings of power it was me sauron (laughs) yes exactly he'd become sarvatar or whatever the hell i can't remember what the 
season three Flash. He'd, he'd become Sauron Flash, who ran back in time to steal. He he, I just have fingers full of rings because he's running back and forth to infinite timelines to pick up uh, the 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 rings and become the ultimate. He'd be like, "I'm the Lord of the Rings," and nerves would be like, "Oh, that's mm-hmm. the real meaning." <laughs> that's that's the name of the of the story. I don't think Superman could take it because again, I think the problem with a lot of DC heroes is they kind of had the Goku issue here, where I don't think they would take it seriously enough until like it proved itself to be a problem. Because they're sitting there, they're in fucking their grandpa Bilbo's house or whatever the fuck. They are like getting there, and they're like it's a ring. A wizard's there, and he's like, "This shit's fucked. You can't have this." And they would be like. You're an idiot. Like, you are a fucking clown. That sounds like <laughs> Superman to you? I don't think he'd say, I think, like, I appreciate your concern. I have it under control. I'm, I have it so that way no one else will stumble into it. Like, you know, I don't think he would, like, I think he would, I think Superman would doubt the mysterious wizard who strolled up that's friends with his grandpa. You know what I mean? Do, do okay, so you think, do you think, I don't, I think he would be, I don't think he'd be corrupted by the ring. I, but I do think that he would go, I can hold on to this better than a, a volcano could. Superman's approach is that I'll just put it in my uh, mm. my Fortress of Solitude and then uh, just beat up any uh, any Sauron goons that come my way. I think he would put it into the fucking negative zone and then it would land on Zod's finger and that's game. <laughs> <laughs> that's game the fuck over. <laughs> And I, the only person in the DC universe who has the 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 threat awareness to go like we need to get rid of that is probably Batman, and he would immediately succumb to the ring in a heartbeat, which in a half second. Uh, okay, I'm gonna regret asking this. Um, uh, Batman is at uh, the lip of Mount Doom, ready to throw it over, but he succumbs mm-hmm. to the ring. Um, how do the different? Which Robins help him throw it in and which Robins uh, aren't able to accomplish that task? Obviously, Dick helps him throw it in. Damien is like, we can. Damien has been complaining the entire time. Damien is like, is insisting that he can, that like they can use this for better. Like, uh, an assassin uses every tool in their arsenal. Um, I think I think Stephanie just takes it and throws it in. <laughs> like, that's an incredibly. I think Stephanie's got the guts. I think Jason Todd shoots Batman, <laughs> and, and they both fall into the mountain. And further, Tim Tim is conflicted here. Tim, I don't think like because has Tim had to carry the ring? The thing is, like both Sam and Frodo have to carry the ring at times. Is that right? Um, no, because there's the whole share load thing, right? Where they don't actually. Frodo's like, no, I want it. It's mine or whatever the, the fuck. The thing is, Sam doesn't take the ring, but Sam carries Frodo when Frodo can't walk himself. That's right. When there was one set of footprints. Yes, of right. course. Yeah, that's what that's about. <laughs> I don't think. I think Dick would carry Batman. Absolutely. Jason Todd would but i think he would take the ring jason would fall to that instantly without a problem i do think tim also would fall i don't think tim has the has the wherewithal to withstand that damien can't carry bruce he's a baby he would get crushed under his weight (laughs) okay do you do you agree with this analysis i don't know robin's uh as far as i'm concerned there's a robin he's on teen titans and that's it for me you give a shout about robin's in ways that like do not make sense to me I I I like Robins a lot. Like they are my favorite. I had this like growing up. I was a player too, right? 
like I had my older cousin who was basically an older brother who would play everything and you know he gets the first player controller and mm-hmm. I just adopted the second right I adopted you got the, the Mad Luigi. Cats yeah I got the Luigi I got the Mad Cats controller I got the uh, but that's not true we would always buy two controllers I got the Luigi I got the fucking Robin I I was the I was the player two on most of these things and so I have uh, I've like. That's a little bit of Stockholm Syndrome, but also I'm just a sucker for legacy characters. I'm a sucker for this person was good, and then the person that they helped raise is, like, better. Like, they're, they're, they're helping train somebody who can be better than they will ever be, which is why I like Gohan and why I like Robin. You know what I mean? Sure. And that's that's the that's the thing that resonates resonates most with me is, like, what what happens for this? What 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 Who does this hero help, like, create? Right, a hero is only ever as good as the people that they they surround themselves with. Sure, I tell you what, I'd have beat Robin to death with a crowbar. So, <laughs> Riley, you got a different idea for a podcast for me? <laughs> Joker tweet. Hold on, hold on. Has anyone made that tweet, Andrew? Open up Photoshop right now. Hold on. I don't know. Everyone's made a bunch of variations on the e tweet, et tweet, and none of them have been as the original. So probably killed et with hammers. Okay, okay. You, I, you can give me another suggestion because I need to quietly work on Photoshop for a little bit. Sure, uh, Riley. I need to. This isn't a pitch for a podcast that uh, that great, we great are going to make. This is uh, just blatant self-promotion on my part. Um, Riley, I've been working on the podcast Minds Ass-est podcast I could ever imagine, and I haven't that been able to say it on twister. this podcast. <laughs> All right. Tell me about it. it. Is a t- <laughs> what? what? <laughs> that, that was a tongue twister. I didn't make the, it out alive. The podcast minus podcast plus podcast. Pem, what is the PEMDAS for pod? Doesn't matter. Tell me about the podcast. Uh, Riley, I need to, to advertise and blatantly self promote my new show, uh, Mild Mannered, which mm-hmm. is a <laughs> podcast. It is a recap podcast for the new TLC reality dating show, uh, MILF Manor. Um, in which a bunch of uh, milfs arrive at a uh, a manor, milfs. definitely not an island, uh, a manor house in Mexico, where they are going to be dating younger men. And then there's a twist in the show, which is that the younger men that they're all paired up with is each other's sons. That's so funny because, like, to me, my first thought is like the sons obviously signed up knowing, right? Or did they like? Nobody had, sub- an, nobody had any idea this was happening. Uh, Riley, I'm not going to dig too deep into it because um, I started a show. recap podcast about the show uh, with my own mom, uh, accidentally, <laughs> who I didn't know was going to be in the booth. <laughs> this is a, a mother-son MILF Manor recap podcast. It's called Mild Mannered, and you can find it on the Moonshot Network. <laughs> No, Andrew, Andrew, I don't know much about dating shows, but I know that they can sometimes have some pretty horrid vibes. Do you have an off-ramp plan? I I honestly, our off-ramp is uh, if my mom and I watch an episode and just go, yeah, I'm done, uh, we're just done. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about this one. Okay, I, I'm not going to talk about this on the show. Um I respect my mom more than I respect myself. And yeah. so 
<laughs> I would watch the show forever if I was making content out of it, but I can't ask my mother to do that. Uh, a, A, she's not broken in the same way that I am, where my mom, my mom's not doing something for the bit, right? Yeah. No, she's doing it because she gets to hang out with her son, her 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 one son that she loves. My yeah, my mom has accepted like Andrew has found a compromise when I told him he should call me more. Um So here we are. But I it's it's the same way that like I always felt bad asking guests to come on Argonauts because I was like, Oh, well I wouldn't want a guest to sign up to do the long recordings that we do. Um I don't respect myself enough to not do those long recordings. But I couldn't in good faith ask another human being to do it, too. Yeah, absolutely. We all know. We're all nodding. Yeah. So I'm willing to do anything for the bit and for content. And so uh, I'm watching Milf Manor with my mother. My mother, Milf Manor, and me. <laughs> I, Andrew, I know you have to save some stuff for the actual show here. But it's important to me that I, that I get to vocalize some questions to you. Ask away. <laughs> um... First, first of all, uh, scale from one to ten. Tell me, tell me how you internally rate the show. I, it's bad. <laughs> um, it's bad show... in the classic dating show way, or it's bad in the like. <laughs> I, I, in good faith, cannot. The show, way. the show feels very cheap. Um, it, it does not feel like they have like a budget. Uh, they. They like supposedly gave everyone involved their own cell phone that they can use that has everyone's numbers preloaded into it and ready to go. So Very people funny. can text each other. Um, but also they can like receive text messages from the showrunners to be like Shut up. No, every- no, no. Well, so so far they've only texted to be like, make your way over to the stairs for our big game. But it's the show's weird because there's no like it needs okay this is the only time i'll ever say anything good about these people it needs a uh a a chris harrison or a um a jesse palmer that the bachelor has mm-hmm. which is like a host that is able to go to someone and be like so what's up with your relationship with brandon it needs somebody to moderate the situation yeah the problem is it's an immoder immoderatable situation uh but also they're just not like I don't know. It needs someone to be there to be like, hello, Milves. Maybe that's what I'm aiming for is like season two. I get to be the MILF butler. Is that is is that do you want that? I, uh, I would take the pay. I, I would take the job. Do I want it? No, but I, I would take the job if someone at TLC is listening and you need a schlubby butler character for MILF Manor season two, who's definitely not going to be competing with the children on the show, then by all means, hit me up. I'll learn how to bartend. (laughs) Thank you, Andrew. I want to ask you so much more, but I guess I just have to listen to the show. (laughs) No, the show is, the show is bad. Um, I, I think it would be so easy to, uh, watch the show and be mad at the Milves, but I'm not. Say, say more. I, I think, okay, I think that the part of the inherent show is like 
look at these women who were interested in being on MILF Manor. Uh-huh. Isn't it funny that they want to date younger guys? We're going to punish them by making them date each other's kids. How are right. how how is how would you describe the vibes on the island? <laughs> so after the first episode, it's weird because like one of them is like, yeah, fuck it, let's do this. Uh, but you can tell that the rest of them are kind of like, I don't want to babysit my own kid. I thought I was going to be on a dating show. And are they babysitting their own kids or like? <laughs> kind of. There's the setup of the show is that the 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 Milves are rooming with their kids. There are, no, that's the thing. There are eight rooms no. and there are eight no. mother son pairs. No, I don't like that one. Andrew. And two two beds in the room, but like it starts as there there are eight rooms and eight pairs. We will see if everyone has the same rooming arrangements by the end of the show. So the idea is one of them have to kick out their mom or their son. Yes. The the show, here's the thing. The show is like hyper-engineered for cringe, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a dating show. Like that's kind of what you want, right? Right. But the thing is that like everyone on the show is a single mom or like is a single mom or widowed or you know a single mom in oh. like a variety of capacities right <laughs> right like I, you're following me and yeah, so I, the, it I, is <laughs> much easier for me to root against production who has taken this group of eight women who were like i'm ready to get back out there also it'd be fun to date someone younger than me which I get. That, One of yeah. them in their intros was like, men my age are in pawpaw mode. I don't want to date that. I get that. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. And so it's so easy for me to like be like, hey, the MILVs deserve better than production has given them. <laughs> MILVs Counteracting the act fact like that this like under duress. If you see a MILF acting like this, it is not good. <laughs> They should not be pacing in their enclosure. It isn't healthy. <laughs> I, to me, the show is much easier to look at and like root for them against production than it is for me to watch and like condemn the women, which is what I think the show wants me to do. So you're looking for this to end in a uh, <laughs> "Am I the asshole?" post where they go, "My Mills." <laughs> 45, 65, 45, 48, 62, 46. <laughs> have unionized. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, I don't know. The it the other thing is that like my worry is that it pitches itself as a dating show. Um but mm-hmm. the thing is that the show doesn't really want them to date, kind no, of. No, it it wants it wants like relationships to burn. Yeah, it, exactly. And it wants like like the real problem to me. The thing that like really hit, and my mom and I talked about this at length, is that mm-hmm. like I think they got eight good milfs, right? Uh huh. And the uh the the criteria for being on the show as the sons is like mm-hmm. you're their sons who are yeah, the- decently attractive decently built like 
the boy crop is sour. The boy crop is not good. Um, I've watched enough Bachelor products to be like, okay, these are like eligible Bachelors who are going to be fun to watch people go for. This is quite literally like your dating pool are these people's sons. Well, because it's it's Go the Fuckboy it. Island producers, right? I don't I don't think so. Fuckboy, no, this is TLC. TLC, the Learning Channel, okay. has like their own wing of reality shows. Oh, okay, all right. This all is right. this is the Honey Boo Boo of dating shows. This is this is the like ninety day fiance oh, school. Okay. This is not the like. All right, yeah. The, the God, I can't believe I'm looking at this like the Bachelors, like the 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 Paragons of purity here this isn't the like are they here for the right reasons side yeah. of the dating show this, this is, is they're the, here they're here because the they wish for clout yeah exactly this is the it, look at the milves watch them squirm andrew i am going to ask you a huge question okay and a take take time to chew on it uh-huh. take time to think you get to make a dating show how do you make it this is huge. This is a lot because you have to think. You have to think. You have to process. Like, is there a ethical way to make a dating show? No, probably not. So, so you're making it under a pseudonym. <laughs> Your name is Shandrew Ehrman. <laughs> how do you, how does Shandy Ehrman make a dating show? Okay, you, here's here's my pitch for a dating show that I think would be compelling and interesting. Okay. <laughs> I think that you have to do a, um, you know, like Queer Eye or What Not to Wear. Yeah, where, where it's like everyone, it's like people go, people submit like, hey, I want, like, I am looking for blank or I think people need blank. And then the, then like people go, it's, it's, it's out of love and care. It's out of people care for you and they want you to get better. Right. It's like the, is the crux of those shows. It is an improvement show that everyone is consenting in. I think that this is a, this is a dating show where, um, in the queer eye fashion of things, you bring on, you, you bring on a contestant who is like, uh, the person that's been submitted. Right. Yes. And I think that you have, five single people of their attraction mm-hmm. who they go on a date with one of them and then the other four watch from the wings and afterwards okay. we roll back the tape and we're like hey so here's like some things and let's dig into you and figure out how you should date people and how you can date people so you, well you're saying that like they go on this date and then everyone does a performance review of yes. like Yes. This is what I think went wrong and how you could improve this. Yeah, you and finish everyone, up. Go ahead. Since everyone in the process is consenting and like wants to do this, like you get this situation where people are like, okay, like I am I am open to this critique. And I am I understand even though some of it may be, you know, tenser than I like, I want to go through and figure out why and I I, I want to improve. Yeah. After the date, everyone goes into ADP. Um I submit my own like self performance review. I get I get peer reviewed by a jury of my peers. Uh, the other person is like my my direct like supervisor peer reviewer. Does ABP just, like, have a performance review section? Oh, they sure do. My company's all about it. Don't get me Re- started. I will say things that will get me fired. Performance dashboard loading. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think that we we do this and then we like. 
you run dating drills, not in a like, here's the thing, not in a Nathan Fielder way. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to like craft a perfect date. I'm, yeah. this is a, this is a show that like so much of, like, I can easily talk about this cause I'm someone that got married to the person they met in college and their first mm-hmm. real relationship, which means I have a lot of experience with dating. Um, <laughs> but looking at my single friend's, the biggest thing that I see about them is that for any other like foibles that they have as an eligible bachelor or bachelorette, the real thing that they have is like stuff in their head, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the fact that like you can never really practice dating. Mm-hmm. The only way to like practice dating and like is by actually dating, but not quite taking it seriously. Mm -hmm. Which is a a shame if you're doing that to another person that is, right? And so it is hard to like, I don't know, you can't can't date in a non-live environment, right? Yeah, this actually, you are pitching like maybe one of the kindest romance shows in the world that does have a chance to like have like genuine human breakthroughs. And I, I, Andrew, you may have made the one ethical dating show. And then if they end up marrying one of the five people, they win a billion dollars each. So every episode we're fighting to make sure that they get their screen time and they get together in the right ways. <laughs> and one of them's a spy. And if they get him to fall in love with the spy, the spy gets all four billion dollars. They're there for the right treasons. <laughs> also, it's a podcast, so it makes sense that I just talked about it for the past 15 minutes. Uh, uh, they're, they're not fucking listening. They're still <laughs> relooping the fucking AI episode. <laughs> <laughs> Riley, you got another podcast idea for us. I do, I do. This is one that was tagged to us as a Tumblr screenshot from Tanner at Sparky Upstart, where it's two guys trapped in a time loop, but one is pretending to not be and gaslighting the other guy so hard. (laughs) That's really funny to me. Now, Andrew, I know neither of us are audio fiction people. Those are other people. That's additional postage required on the network, but... I think, Andrew, if you and I every day come into this and do the same podcast, but one of us recognizes, both of us recognize it's the same podcast, but one of us just doesn't have the fucking time for that. How long do you think we do that until it gets funny again? (laughs) So this is, um, yeah, next week we start off and you hit me with like the... You hit me with the Lord of the Rings thing. Yeah. And and I sit there and I'm like, we talked about this last week. And you go, no, we didn't. And then you start telling me about um, the Batman and Robins and the Speed Force. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. I'm like, oh, damn, this wasn't even that funny the first time we recorded it. And like, now I have to listen to it again. the first time we recorded it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you're just like, tell me about uh, the new show you're working on. And I'm like, Riley, we canceled that show after last week. Uh, one of the Milv's implants exploded. Uh, and we had to stop watching the show. I, I there's something there's something to forcing me to relive an episode of the podcast minds every week. I love I that you assume like that, that I'm the one gaslighting you. That is, I, I know that for a fact. <laughs> I couldn't keep the bit going long enough. The thing is, I would I would get bored 
like running it. <laughs> you would. <laughs> I I would, would get bored running it, and I think that you <laughs> would adapt too well. Oh, like I would accept that. Oh, I guess it's not. <laughs> I guess it's not a time loop. Sorry. I think you would. You yeah. You would either hard pivot. We're not like this is a time loop. I'll keep doing this again, but like make reference to it, or you would hard pivot and be like, I'm not talking about that. You have the willpower to survive it. I I'm the one that would start crumbling under the pressure of being on a time looped podcast. Um, <laughs> I mean this in the kindest way because I would still care about making the content good and like listenable and I'd be like, oh, but how do we, oh man, this, this we still have to make a good episode though. So how do I keep this going in a good way? You're having one of those nightmares about like you, you can't run, but you're trying to run. <laughs> like Exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. I do want to put a pin in it because you talked about additional postage required. One of the hot new offerings of the Moonshot Podcast Network available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> this is great. We're going to get all of our advertisements that we usually forget to do in one episode. <laughs> yep, they're going to be embedded this time, so you can't escape them. Um, I do think it's very funny that uh, we were like, boy, we got to get some new new podcast blood on the network. Let's... Uh, as hosts on the network, let's really dig deep and see what we can come up with. And Jay, and with the help of you know Chris as a writer and a bunch of other people on the network as uh, as the vocal talent, um, all came together and like wrote a really good uh, a really good uh, narrative podcast sci fi series <laughs> about, about a mail carrier <laughs> in, in the future. And um, I said, "What if I called my mom?" <laughs> Those are equally all, hard tasks. We all innovate in different ways. <laughs> Look, innovation, it's a it's a tough game, but uh it's challenging. It's it's all about, you know, <laughs> we it's we really put in the uh the effort, movers and shakers. We really uh mm-hmm. you know, we gotta we, we're breaking things. Oh my god. <laughs> Andrew, I have another suggestion for you. Hit and me. this is a tweet that was retweeted by uh co-host Sherms. Uh, oh okay. Re- Remake of Lost, where everything's the same, but they add a confession cam. <laughs> Here's the thing: I retweeted that tweet. Um, I retweeted that tweet because I'm trying to think. Why did I retweet that? Because I saw it's it was funny. getting clout, and because it was a funny enough joke. But the thing with Lost is that all the characters have that because uh, they just tell you everything they're thinking at any moment. <laughs> they might as well already have a built-in confession cam. They do. Her name is Kate. What if? <laughs> What if we have a confession cam on the podcast, Andrew? <laughs> what if what if after this bit you cut back and cut in and you are talking about how you felt in the moment when I was explaining this joke? I <laughs> I do think having a podcast where you get uh you ever uh you ever read a book with footnotes where Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just like shit at the bottom of the page, or like yeah. a, a game with director's commentary. Exactly. I do like the idea of a, a podcast where like every once in a while it pauses and a little chime plays and the editor's like, yeah, so this was a fun part to record. Um, 
<laughs> just like a little chime plays and then i go like Ba-ding. yeah i uh i zoned out initially when radley was telling me about the different robins um <laughs> i knew i was gonna do it when i asked the question but i i for some reason thought that it would make better content if i did ask and then by the time that riley said the word damien i did zone out again so i hope that doesn't show through in the final edit and then the chime plays again and it cuts back to you explaining stephanie who i guess is a robin Stephanie is, there are five Robins and hi ho. Four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. Andrew, Andrew, what are you doing? Oh, hey, Marn. Uh, so I'm playing through an alternate reality game, and there's a number station puzzle that we just can't solve. Uh huh. Yeah. So I tried everything else, and I figured that the best way to solve it would be to get into its head and think like a number station. I've been saying numbers into microphones for hours. Okay. Well, I I think I have a better idea. What's that? You could just listen to the Argonauts podcast. Every two weeks, I could let you know the ins and outs of old Args and give you a deep dive on how they were created. Uh, do you think we could like have a nuanced discussion about game-making philosophy and how cultures around games have changed as well? Yeah, and you can definitely continue to fail to solve old Args along the way. Well, it sure would be cool if that was a podcast you could find to bung with a bunch of other great shows over on the Moonshot Network. You know, it sure would. <laughs> well, cool. Thanks for the invite. Uh, anyways, I'm going to get back to this, though. 23, 19. Okay. 